Good morning, everyone. Morning, everyone. I've been ordered by Pastor Alex to start announcements at 9:30. So, so, <laughs> um, welcome uh, to the Village Church, um, where our mission is to know Jesus, to enjoy Jesus, and to glorify Jesus. Our vision is broken people coming together to embrace and extend Christ's love. Scanning the QR code located on the front of the worship guide allows you to connect to all online information about our church, the giving of tithes and offerings, along with our social media platforms all in one place. Uh, guests, please click on the, the menu item for the first time guests once you go to that link. Um, at the Village Church, we believe that the giving of tithes and offerings is an act of worship. So you may give to the vision and mission of the church online, or uh, you may mail, mail a check to our address, which is 2103 Virginia Boulevard, uh, Huntsville, 35811. But also, uh, after the service, you can drop your offering off in the de- designated area in the back of the sanctuary in a box on that table in the back there. Um, so please make note of the upcoming events this week listed in your worship guide, especially those for today. Um, there will be evangelism training for adults during the Sunday equipping classes time. I think scratch that. This is a test to make sure you're listening. I think we don't have that today, right? Okay. I see nods in the crowd. So, um, let's see. Okay. Uh, and, but today we are celebrating our anniversary of becoming a particularized church within the Presbyterian Church of America denomination. Uh, so please stick around for that. And TVC members, if you haven't already, uh, please remember to send your 2024 giving estimates to Richard Goodson. Um, and these estimates are the basis for our 2024 budget. You probably got an email about it. Uh, if you didn't, you can talk to him. Um, also, Women's Ministry Friendsgiving is November 16th at 6, six o'clock at Tish uh, Pouliot's house. And, uh, and then uh, also Saturday, November 18th, is our Lincoln Village Ministry Workday. As part of our uh, MO initiative, we support our uh, ministry partners. Um, so please report to Lincoln Academy, which is uh, um, 1110 Meridian Street North at 8 a.m. with water uh, for yourself. And then also wear work clothes as well as closed-toed shoes. And we'll be doing some uh, work sites to help with their um, uh, ministry there. Um, and so you'll be sent to work sites from there. Um, also on Saturday, the youth have their Friendsgiving, 6 to 9 p.m. at the church. Um, and uh, last announcement, uh, so each year in Focus, uh, which, is, which is a on-campus group, it's a ministry to internationals at UAH that I work with, they, are, they, wor- they work every year to connect international students from UAH with families for Thanksgiving. So if you're interested in hosting one or more international students this Thanksgiving, please send an email to Harold Breyer at that email address shown there, uh, chefress at hotmail.com. Uh, if you just want more information, you can also talk to me. Um, so... These are your announcements. Please govern yourselves however you like. Actually, govern yourselves accordingly. Good morning. 
this is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. The first song that we are going to sing um, is um, is one of the songs. Um, it's a song of declaration to the Lord, declaring to Him how much we love Him. And um, I thought about two verses from the Bible. And the first is Mark 12. Mark 12, 30. It says, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. We are to worship him with all that we are. And the other verse is 1 John 4, 19. And it says, we love because he first loved us. So without him, there's no way for us to love him and worship him without um, his moving on our hearts. And without the sacrifice um, that Jesus made, there is no, there's no love without it. So I would invite you as we sing this little song that you would think of one reason why you love the Lord. One reason why. One even one thing this week, man, God, you really showed up. I love you for that. Right? And sometimes I understand, sometimes it's hard to think of the thing, but as we say here often, just being in this space right now, wow, that's a reason to praise the Lord. Because it's a sign of his generous compassion toward each and every one of us. So I would, again, invite you as we sing this, just think about the goodness of the Lord and all the ways that he's blessed you. Um, and we can sing to him, I love you. I love you. I love you.
verses 1 through 3. Please join with me where it notes people. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul makes its boast in the Lord. Let the humble hear and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. Amen. Oh, magnify the Lord with me. Forever God is faithful. Forever God is strong. Forever God is with us forever. Amen? Give thanks to the Lord, our God and King.
rising to the setting sun. Good morning, everybody. You look beautiful today. Much like this picture that I have above my head here. 
Let's just spend a couple of moments just in, in silence, just thinking about God, just centering ourselves on Him. God, your word tells us that you inhabit the praises of your people. You tell us that when two or more gather together in your name, that you are there in our midst. So we know that you are here with us. Your spirit is here with us, drawing us, wooing us, pulling us toward you. We praise you that there's nowhere we can go from your spirit and nowhere we can go from your presence. God, we just thank you that you enclose us behind and before and that your right hand lays hold of us. Father, we praise you that even when we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, the shadow of shadows, that you are there that you are with us, that your rod and your staff comfort us. You incline to us. You hear us cry. You bring us out of the pit of destruction, out of the miry clay, and you set our feet upon a rock, making our footsteps firm. You put a new song in our heart, a song of praise to our God. And in the shadow of your wings, we sing for joy. Thank you, Jesus. Mm. Father, we confess that we are a broken, messed up people. We've been broken by our own sin, by the sin of others, and by the world. Yet you see us differently. You have created us in your image. You see us as people of great worth and value because of the blood of Jesus. You chose us. You drew us to yourself. You purchased us with Jesus' blood. You take our broken pieces and you build something new, a new creation. Like, like living stones with you as our foundation. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you that we are becoming a people more and more conformed to the image of Jesus. Thank you that you heal the brokenhearted and bind up our wounds. Father, give us more of you each and every day. Give us the desire to desire you. Kill these things in us that try to take your place in our hearts. Root them out. 
Restore to us the joy of our salvation and make us a fragrant aroma to you and to all of those around us. Father, we love you. We need you. Help our unbelief. In the name of Jesus, amen. Our confession of faith comes from the Heidelberg Catechism, question 27. I'll read the question and you can read the answer. Question 27. What do you understand by the providence of God? The Almighty.
Good morning. We are going to have our scripture reading today. It's from Matthew 20, verses 25 through 28. But Jesus called them to him and said, You know that the rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them, and their great ones exercise authority over them. It shall not be so among you, but whoever would be great among you must be your servant, and whoever would be first among you must be your slave, even as the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many. Thanks. This is the word of God. Thanks be to God. Good morning, CVC Saints and guests. Thank y'all for being here today, celebrating our 12th uh, church anniversary. So it's a sign of God's uh, faithfulness to us. We get the privilege of ordaining uh, one elder and two deacons uh, today. These men were elected by uh, you, the congregation, to go through our leadership training. So they've been through leadership training. They've been interviewed by the elders, and today they are going to be ordained as your officers. And so I'd like to call forward Austin, Josh, and Kevin, if they would mind coming and joining me up front. So if y'all can stand, I think the camera can see you right here, I think. Yeah, yeah, oh boy. There are seven vows that an officer has to take if he's going to serve as an officer in the Presbyterian Church in America. So these brothers know what these vows are, and so I'm going to read them one by one, and you can respond with yes or I do. One, do you believe the scriptures of the Old and New Testaments as originally given to be the inerrant word of God and the only infallible rule of faith and practice? Do you sincerely receive and adopt the confession of faith, the catechisms of this church, as containing the system of doctrine taught in the Holy Scriptures? And do you further promise that if at any time you find yourself out of accord with the fundamentals of this system of doctrine, you will, on your own initiative, make known to your presbytery the change which has taken place in your views since the inception of this ordination vow? Three, do you approve of the form of government and discipline of the Presbyterian Church in America in conformity with the general principles of biblical polity? Do you promise uh, subjection to the brethren in the Lord? Five, you have, have you been in, have you been induced as far as you know by your own heart to seek the office of holy ministry for the love of God and sincere desire to promote his glory in the gospel of his son? Do you promise to be zealous and faithful in maintaining the truths of the gospel, the purity and peace and unity of the church, whatever persecution or opposition may arise on your account? Do you engage to be faithful and diligent in the exercise of all your duties as a Christian and as an elder or deacon, whether personal or relational, public or private, to endeavor by the grace of God to endure the profession of the gospel in a manner of life? And lastly, are you now willing to undertake the charge of an elder and deacon agreeable to your declaration when accepting this call? And do you rely upon God for strength and promise to discharge it into the duties of elder and elder and deacon? 
If you are an elder, a deacon, woman, woman shepherd, or deacon assistant, can you come forward? We're going to lay our hands on these brothers. And I'm going to ask uh, Elder Goodson to pray over them. Father God, what a beautiful moment this is when we come together to lay our hands on these men uh, who are preparing for the work, for your work here in this church. I do pray for each one of them for strength, for wisdom, for courage, uh, for diligence. Um, sometimes this job is not easy. And so I just pray that you will be with them through this. Help them, guide them, lead them. Uh, you be the source of their strength in all things. And I pray for all of us that we will make this job a joy for them, that they can uh, see your face in everything that they do here at this place. In the name of Jesus, amen. Amen. All right, brothers. Uh, welcome. We're going to continue our time of worship and sing Thou Be Great. I can't even remember the name of the song now. Thou Be My Vision.
of my own heart, whatever befalls, still be thou vision. We can sing it, but do we honestly believe it? Do we really believe the songs that we have sung today, the scripture that was read today, the call of worship, the confession of faith? Do we really believe these things, or are we just simply going through the motions of worship, and are we truly worshiping? hope so. In the fall of 2018, the Village Church started with 15 families. We met right here in this sanctuary in these same black chairs that have been around for a long time in a circle in a Bible study during in the evening. We met in this sanctuary to read The Pursuit of God by A.W. Tozer. That was our first Bible study together as a church plant. And in January 2009, we transitioned to an evening service. And so we did that for a whole year, meeting in the evenings. And in January 2010, we transitioned to morning services. And on on November the 13th, 2011, the Village Church transitioned from a mission church to a particular church within the Presbyterian Church in in America. And what that means is that we ordain our first elders and we ordain our very first deacons. And and Richard is one of the first elders that we ordained back in 2011. And the congregation also called me to be its senior pastor once the church particularized. Today we're celebrating 12 years as a particular church in in the PCA, and and can we just give Jesus a hand clap of praise for that? Can we be joyful about that? But we've been through the wilderness as a church, and here we stand. We failed, we've made mistakes as leaders, and here we stand. We've Seen friends leave, fellow members leave throughout the years, and here we're staying. We've grieved, and we still uh, grieve the loss of Larry Brickford, and here we stand. 
We've been through conflict. We've been through COVID-19. We've been through fire. We've been through church hurt. We've been through the flood. And then we, here we stand, and I believe we're standing because Jesus has been sovereign over us. And that he has been, has been and is currently faithful to this little church in the village. I'm going to be honest with you. There, there are things that we've been through I didn't think we were going to survive. But here we are. And on our 12th anniversary, I want to spend some time talking about this little church moving more and more towards being a beloved, diverse community. A beloved, diverse community. The text is Matthew 20, verses 25 through 28. So will you please join me in asking the Spirit to bless the preaching of the Word. Holy Spirit, uh, as I pray each week, I pray that you will use this time to minister to all of us, minister to us in the places where we live, to our fear, to our hurt, to our unbelief, to our confusion. I pray that you will use this time to also remind us of, of Jesus' faithfulness to us as individual Christians and as corporately as, as a church. And I do pray for this in Christ's name. Amen. Writer Robert Hubbard says, Nothing unmasks a man like his use of power. Let that statement marinate with you for a moment. Nothing unmasks a man like his use of power. Nothing unmasks people like their use of power, authority, privilege, positions. What does your use of power and authority and privilege and, 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 and positions unmask about you? What does Jesus' use of power and authority unmask about him? In Matthew eleven twenty seven. Jesus says, all authority, all things have been handed over to me by my Father. And Ephesians 1.12 tells us that Jesus is above all rule and authority and power and dominion. And in Colossians 1.16, I preached on this last week, it says, For by Jesus all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, thrones or dominions, rulers, authorities, all things were created through him and for him. These are all amen statements. I don't want to pull out the sign on the anniversary. 1 Corinthians 15, 7 says, God put everything under Jesus' feet. In Matthew 28, verse 18, Jesus says, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. And he says in John 10, 18, No one takes my life from me, I lay it down on my own accord. I have the authority to lay it down, and I have the authority to take it back up again. This charge I have received from my Father. So Jesus has all of this authority, 
all of this power given to him, while he's walking on the face of the earth, he has all this power and authority. Not when he rose from the dead, but he was born with it. Okay? He was born with all of this. And yet, at the same time, uh, Philippians 2, verses 5 through 8 says, Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of man, and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Jesus has absolute authority and power, and his use of both unmasked him as a servant. Jesus uses all of his power and authority to serve others. In Matthew, in in verse 28 of our text, Jesus says to disciples, the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Jesus didn't come into the world to be the the religious version of the Roman Empire. He didn't come into the world to be a social media influencer. He did not come into the world to be a consumer savior looking for all the earthly amenities. He didn't come into the world saying, what type of programs y'all got for me? How are y'all going to serve me today? Jesus comes into the world to serve. And he serves by freely giving his life as a ransom for many. Well, Pastor Alex, what what does that even mean? TBC Kids, give Pastor Alex your attention for a moment. Please look at Pastor Alex. If you are a child, please give Pastor Alex your attention. Some Some of you adults may be still kids, so you give me your attention, please. What is your favorite toy or stuffed animal? Congregation participation time. Yeah, go ahead. What is your favorite toy, stuffed animal, or your electronic gadget? What is it? Yeah. Now, have you named your favorite toy and stuffed animal? Does it have a name? Okay. Now, imagine for a moment if someone took your favorite toy and stuffed animal without your permission. Think about it. What emotions are you feeling right now? Now, the person who took your favorite toy and stuffed animal, they leave you a note written in crayon. The note reads, Pookie is being held until you give me half of your Halloween candy. Don't tell mom and dad if you ever want to see Pookie again. Now, half of your Halloween candy is the ransom you have to pay to get Pookie back. So a ransom is a payment paid for the release of a prisoner or the relief of someone who's been held against their will. And likewise, Jesus' life is a ransom he pays to set you free from bondage. Because you're also being held captive. And that is called sin. 
sent into prison. And Jesus dies on a cross as our substitute in order to set us free. His shed blood pays the full price to release us from the bondage of sin, from past sins, present sins, and your future sins. That's all amen. Because as one hymn said, my sin, oh, the bliss of the glorious thought. My sin, not in part, oh, Lord, but the whole, have been nailed to the cross. And guess what? I bear it no more. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Can't tell Jesus, thank you for that. For Jesus uses all of his authority and all of his power to liberate his enemies to create peace between God the Father and us. He uses his power and authority to create a way so that we can be forgiven, so that we can be transformed from orphans to beloved sons and daughters, to unite us with other believers within the local church, to heal us of past trauma and past brokenness. He uses his power, and he's still using his power to make all things new. That's called cosmic redemption. Do you want to be made new today? If you haven't already been made new. Do you want forgiveness? Do you want true joy and peace that's not based upon your circumstances and situations? Then Jesus invites you to come to him Right now, at this moment, all you have to do is confess your sins, repent of those sins, and surrender your life to him as Lord and Savior. And once that happens, you will be his forever, loved by him forever, served by him forever, forgiven by him forever, set free by him forever. Galatians 3.22 says, but scripture in prison, everything under sin. So that the promise by faith in Jesus Christ might be given to those who believe. Do you believe? Do you believe? Jesus is the son of man who hasn't come and entered into our reality to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many people. He is the only one who can set you free. From your sins. He's the only one who can set you free from the sins placed on you by other people. And sometimes you may have to go to therapy for that. Jesus is a suffering servant, a sacrificial servant, a mediator servant, and he continues to use his power and authority to serve his people throughout their lifetimes. Jesus doesn't use his power to abuse his people. He doesn't use his people, and he doesn't lord it over them. So what, Pastor? How does the way Jesus uses power and authority make make any difference in my life right now? Well, here's how. Through the Holy Spirit, all of us can walk in Jesus' footprints to serve one another within our beloved, diverse community. Do I need to say it again? Through the power of the Holy Spirit, all of us can walk in Jesus' footprints to serve one another 
within our beloved, diverse community. This applies to all of us, the leadership, the members. If Jesus walks the path of servanthood, then we who are called by his name can follow his example. Are we greater than Jesus? So if we ever think we're beneath something, then remember what all Christ did for you. Remember, him. the incarnation was him having friends in low places. Like, he left glory. That's humiliation for him, being formed, coming here in the incarnation. So he came and did that for you. That's servanthood. So Jesus wants us to follow his example, and he wants his disciples to follow that same example. So back in verse 20, James and John and their mother, they come to Jesus, and they kneel down before Jesus. And the mother wants to ask Jesus for something on behalf of her sons. Jesus says to her, what would you like for me? What, what do you want? What do you want me to do? The mother says, say, say these two sons of mine are to sit, one at your right hand and one at your left hand in your kingdom. Jesus answers, you do not know what you're asking. Are you able to drink the cup that I'm drinking? They said to him, we are. In return, he says to them, you will drink my cup, but to set at my right hand and my left hand is not mine to grant. But it is for those with whom he has been prepared for by my father. Now, who's missing from this request? Because it's more than just James and John as disciples. How do you think the other ten disciples are going to respond to this power move by James and John and their mother? How would they handle being excluded from these positions of power and authority and influence within Jesus' kingdom. How would you handle it if someone you're in community with makes a move like this behind your back? The disciples don't handle it well, the other ten. When they get word about this move, they are angry and they are resentful with the two brothers. There's now internal conflict with the monster twelve. Church hurt has happened. And Jesus steps into the hurt. He intervenes. He points the twelve to himself and away from using power and authority for selfish gain. Look at verses 25 through 27. He tells them, you know the rulers of the Gentiles lorded over them. Their great ones exercise authority over them. It shall not be so among you. But whoever will be great among you must be your servant. And whoever will be first among you must be your slave. Jesus' people are called to use power, authority, privilege, and and positions very differently than the world does. That's an amen statement. That's an amen statement. The church can create a healthy culture with healthy systems. We can. Every local church can create communities where abuse of power and authority and positions and privileges are not just to- are not tolerated, are hidden. 
Local churches can create spaces where spiritual abuse is exposed and dealt with in biblical ways. And here's the thing, saints. The use of power and authority and positions and privileges in our community should unmask people who are humble servants. People who are striving to follow Christ's example. People who are moving towards a beloved community. TVC saints, I believe the Spirit has blessed our church with a spirit of humility and servanthood throughout the 12 years. It hasn't been easy. It hasn't been perfect. And I, and I think he has. And I think that's why we're still here. Church life here in, this, in the village, it ain't easy. It ain't easy. It ain't, it, it's hard trying to build a diverse community because we're all different. Different backgrounds, different cultures, different political views, different things on everything. And then trying to bring all of that into a beloved community, there's going to be conflict. There's going to be mess. There's going to be hurt. But I believe throughout these years, God has brought us through stuff. He has. These are amen statements. I'm going to be honest with you. I'm still pastor here because of that. When I went on sabbatical, I didn't know if I was coming back here. I'm just be honest with you. I didn't know if I was coming back. My prayer when I went on sabbatical was, Father, you have to change my heart because I cannot come back here just to get a check. And it took him six months for working in my heart for me to say, this is the place he has called me to be, and this is the place I want to be. So if, you, so, if you, so if you haven't ever thought about living here, then you ain't really trying to do life here. Because if you're trying to do life here, it's going to cross your mind to leave because it's hard. But when we look at the hardness, remember what we've been brought through. Remember what God has brought us through. Remember his faithfulness. Remember how he's blessing us. Remember the good things he's doing. We can, re- we, can re- we can rejoice in that. We're still here because of divine mercy and divine grace and, and we're flourishing and real flourish in the years to come because of divine mercy and divine grace. Why do you think that our mission is broken people coming together to embrace and extend Jesus' love? Because all churches are broken. Some own it and some hide it. What we're saying is, we ain't going to hide it. So when you join this church, remember at some point, you're going to get your feelings hurt. At some point, I'm going to hurt you. You're going to hurt me. But when it happens, come to me. I'll come to you. So that's doing life together. That's us becoming a, a beloved, diverse community. It's just being honest about life here. And I believe. And again, I'm not angry. I'm happy. Because this whole week I've been reflecting on God's promises here. The church particularizing, the church plant started in 2007, but I was on the field a whole year before then. A whole year meeting people in the neighborhood in 2007. So I've been here a lot longer than that. And, I, and, I've, and, I've, and I've, I've lost friends through that time. I've been hurt throughout that time. I'm sure I hurt others. But I, I remind, I'm reminded myself that God is saying, I will build it, Alex. I will build it. 
and I, and I'm being as transparent with y'all as I can. When we planted this church, me and my family were the only black family in part of this, that launch team. The only black family. We started with 15 white families. And for the first couple of years, I was stressing out. Got to get black people in this church. Got to find minorities. Got to find minorities. It wasn't until I had lunch. I'm sorry, Smokey came later. That's right. Don't, sorry, Smokey. Thank you for raising your hand. And so, and so I, were, I, was, I had lunch with Roy Hubbard, who used to be the RUF pastor at um, A&M. And he said, Alex, just because a lot of black people ain't coming to your church doesn't make you a failure. And so it wasn't until I gave that over to Jesus that more diversity happened. The more I held on to it, the more he didn't bless me. Every minority family is here, are here not because of me. All the ones I tried to recruit ain't here. They left. <laughs> and so what God has been showing me throughout these years is that the church is going to always look the way he wants it to look. This community is going to look the way he wants it to look. And just because it ain't looking the way you want it to look doesn't mean it's bad. It means we're still growing. We're just 12. We're not even a teenager yet. We're, 30, we're 12. So there's, there's growth. There's faithfulness. And so, our, so we have to continue to have a marathon. Can we do life here in such a way that this church is still here 40 years from now? That it will outlive us. Can we make this place the healthiest place for the next pastor? For the next person that's going to be sitting in your chair? For the next person that's going to be in your position of leadership? Can we leave it healthy for them? And that's what I want us to have for this church. And I also want to take this time to thank you. This church won't be where we are without the servant leaders that we have. We have folks here who are serving more than, in more than just one area. Thank you. We have folks here who have created gardens and other things that we've done because you're using your gifts. I really am grateful for you. I might not say it all the time, but I am. For the trunk or treat, that wouldn't have happened without servants. The fellowship hall would not have happened without people serving. So thank you for using your gifts. Thank you for trying to keep short accounts with one another. Thank you for trying to walk alongside one another in the spirit of, of mutual brokenness. Thank you for trying to be the hands and feet of Christ to one another and to this community. Thank you for all that you're doing to make this place a beloved place. Thank you. Thank you. I have one final question, then I'm going to wrap up so y'all can go get y'all some cookies. What is the village church to you? Is TVC a destination church or an airport church? As an airport church, TVC is just a temporary stopping place, a transient church, a layover church until you find somewhere better and cooler. And remember what I said about the grass is sometimes green on the other side because the septic tank's broken. Okay? It's prettier, but it's, a, it's a stinking over there too. But as a destination church, there's only one word needed to describe what the village church can be to us. And that word is home. Is the village church 
home for you. When you walk in here, when you go to your village group, when you go to your men's group, when you go to your women's ministries, when you do the youth stuff, does this feel like home? We did a, a college tour with Madison over fall break, and we went to UAB, we went to Alabama, Auburn, UNA, and, and Auburn didn't make the list. And she said, oh, I just don't feel like, I, this doesn't feel like I can be here. And I said, I said that's right, because wherever you go to school, it has to fit, basically feel like home. It has to feel like I can do, spend four years here and spend a lot of money here. And so the same thing is with church. When you get into a space, is at home. And let's be honest, for some of y'all, it might not be home. But my prayer is that you can find a place that you can call home. You can call home. So let us celebrate today. Let us celebrate uh, trying to be a home where broken people can come together to embrace and extend Christ's love. Let us celebrate that today. And as we continue to press on into the years to come, I want this to be our rally cry. Ephesians 3, verses 20 and 21, it says, Not to him who is able to do far more abundantly than we can ask or think, according to the power at work within us. To him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations, forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Will y'all please stand, saints, as we close? our service.
our guest today. Thank you so much for joining us for our church anniversary. Thank you for being here. And please congratulate our new elder and two deacons. And we're also going to have a, a little reception now in the foyer, so please stick around and, and celebrate more with us. Now, here's God's benediction to his beloved. Now, may the Lord of peace himself give you peace at all times and in every way. And the Lord be with you all in all God's people's sake. Amen. Amen. Please greet one another, saints.